Testing, testing.
Hello, folks, and happy Saturday night. This is Global Val here down at mutinyradio.fm. The date today is January. What is the date today? 16th, 2021. What a year it's been already, and it's only been a couple weeks. Um, I want to play a little more music for you from our friends at Mission Delirium, who you were just listening to, and then I'll be right back.
Good evening, everyone. Excuse me there. Good evening, everyone. This is Global Val here at MutinyRadio.fm. Hopefully, you're listening somewhere around the planet, either on the Mutiny Radio app or streaming online or perhaps in our podcast archive. This show is under the podcast archive called Open Pages, and I want to thank my friend E.K. Keith, who, uh, whose uh, time slot this is, uh, who has graciously offered to share it. And that's what we do here at Mutiny Radio. We are a community station of artists um, and all, all sorts of interesting folks, and we share this space. And uh, it's nice to be able to be down here in the mission on a Saturday night, uh, even though it's kind of lonely. Uh, we know how it feels. It's, we've been getting used to it this whole year. Can't say it's uh, particularly fun, but we're doing what we can. And on the phone, I'm about to answer will be Diamond Dave Whitaker. Let me let me let me do some hand maneuvering here. I've got on the line my friend and longtime co-host here at Mutiny Radio for the Common Thread Collective, Diamond Dave Whitaker. Hi, Diamond Dave. Hey, Val. This is kind of hysterical. After all these months, all these weeks, all these days, all these weekends, here I saying, hey, Mutiny Radio. Hey, Val, here we be. Here we be. I'm really glad to hear your voice, Dave, um, and I'm glad we were able to connect tonight. Um, because I mean, I came, I came in last week and did a show, uh, and I know we, we kind of missed each other that, that time, but what, what compelled me to come down and do the show last week were the, uh, was all, all of the, the riotous, um, happenings at the U.S. Capitol while they were trying to count, you know, and sort of just put on the books, the, the electoral college votes. And of course we saw a, a pretty horrendous, violent uprising um by many many people out there shoving uh put you know pushing down doors breaking windows um you know attacking oh my i mean <laughs> so I, I you know that's what compelled me to come down last saturday night so we did a show on the ninth um and but you know it, it's it's still after. going what 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 are you thinking it's dave still going. god knows well we have a man uh what, four and five more days. I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about the president. I'm talking about Trump, right? Yep. Yeah. The man with five more days or so, so before he's thrown out into the uh, into the world of uh, debt and uh, debt and perhaps going to jail, going from the White House to the jailhouse. All of that happened to him. The man is desperate. He's capable of anything. They had a coup d'état, attempted coup d'état. I didn't realize that at first. Uh, but it was a coup d'etat that Wednesday, which is six, 
when they when they crashed into the White House, you know? Yeah, it's been pretty wild. I mean, there's so much we could talk about. I mean, the fact that, yeah, what, you know, the, like New York City has canceled all of their contracts with Trump properties um, that they can, you know, like he, he runs like an ice rink or something. You know, he's a, he's a carnival barker. Um, I guess we've kind of known that for a long time, being a, you know, TV personality and just walking around pretending to be a really smart, rich guy. Um, turns out to well, be. I was I was a kind of uh, I was I was a kind of a barker, and, and the kind of what they call a talker. I talk to the talkers. I get I get up in front of the stage in front of the, the freak show, the freak show. And then I receive this. I let me work on this metaphor. But I'd get on the stage in front of the freak show and say freaks, geeks, and curiosities and strangers for most unusual people on the face of the earth. Come right in, come right in, come right in. Now, is that what Trump is? Maybe I haven't thought of it quite that way before. But uh, it's as good a metaphor as any for what is kind of low human being of Donald Trump. Well, you, you've certainly done it all there, Dave. I, I've known you for about a decade. I never heard that you had been a, a carnival barker at any point. I've oh, heard... that was early on in my life. <laughs> but before, I, before I came to San Francisco, they got the big mix. So that was uh, 57 or so, 1957. That's a long time ago. Freaks, geeks, and curiosities. And we've been living it ever since. That's what we do. That's what people like around us. That's when revolution happened. That was before the people had made the term beatnik. The hippies were long in the imagination. And just freaks generally is who it turned out that we are and how we are. Uh, began to uh, call ourselves. Is that right? Freaks. Talking about ourselves. Yes. Well, That's all human beings. Freaks. It means people dancing to a different drummer. It means people who are uh, freaks. People who are freaks. In the sense of being different, dancing to a different drummer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and hippies, and of course, parks. You remember when I was a park? I don't think you do. I do. Yeah, I know, Dave. You're one-third beatnik, one-third hippie, and one-third punk as fuck. Diamond Dave Whitaker. Um, I, yeah, well, now, now I'm one-third one third an old man, 83 <laughs> years old. Shoot, past the bedtime. Just lying here in the bed. I forgot I've been forgetting stuff. I never forgot you were going to call. I was supposed to call you and so on. Hey. But nevertheless, I just fell asleep. That's okay. Week, uh, you called, and I said, well, that's the way to do it. Yeah, no. Nope. I said, what? We work it out. We make it. We make it work. You know how we do it, Dave. Um, well, I think so. And you know, I've been, I'm experimenting. I'm running experimenting the aging process now. Hmm. You can only know it from being on the inside. You have a different view of it from just being on the outside looking at a bunch of old people. You know, well, a bunch of middle people hmm. and a bunch of young people, because that's what they are in your eye. Well, that's an old man. But that old man was a was a young man once. You know. And you know what, Dave? I want to talk to you about some of your experiences because, um, I mean, your, your experiences go are are so vast. And specifically, and and I I know you're still young at heart, um, but it, specifically in light of what we've been seeing, um, you know, these like violent uprisings, these insurrectionists, um, you know, going after people, physically threatening violence. Uh, it, 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 using violence um i wanted to get your perspective like last week i kind of did the show with the um with the 
the goal of making it kind of a historical document. You know, if you're listening to this 20 years from now to try to understand what's going on. And I think that we need to have some more historical context. Now you've been, you've been part of protests your, your entire adult life. You protested the Vietnam War. You've gone to numerous protests of the Democratic National Convention. Of course, several years ago here, you know, we had Occupy um, and you, you, you've been a part of, you know, movements uh, throughout your lifetime. And I just wanted to get your take on kind of what you've seen be some of the, the, the differences, which I think some in, in many cases are very stark. But, but what have you noticed in the, the wake of uh, what I guess we could call a more right wing um, people who were attacking, calling it a protest um, versus, uh, you know, the experience of, of the left? Up to now, of course, when they're talking about people on the fringes, they're violating people on the left. Uh, and the turn, and then I look at it now, it turns out the development things are going on on the right. If we're in San Francisco, remember, we're in the blues to the blue here. That we had, that I had is, you know, the rise of these various right-wing groups, these various white nationalist groups, these various groups of boring people, not neo-Nazis and so on. Who apparently recently got organized there on the other side, you know? And, uh. Yeah, and, and let's. I, uh, we, go ahead. Okay, I didn't really see that. You know, I heard a bit about their appearance. And then certain warrior warnings. I listened to NPR uh, a lot. Oh, another, another stage. NPR a lot. And I know, I've noticed where a lot of people have come up, have written books investigating the various right wing groups. Having gone in there and probably worked on their ground to see what they're about, the neo-Nazis, the white nationalists, Ku Klux Klan, all the others. And I'd like specifically, I'd I'd like you to talk about how your you experienced protest, um, being you know anti-establishment, but obviously being a you know a peace uh, a peace-loving and non-violent protester, but. Um, in terms of, you know, I think the the country, if they weren't paying attention before, and if they didn't get it before, are really realizing and coming to terms with the power dynamic between when there are police at a protest and how other how people are treated for those who are protesting, and 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 I think we can certainly see what happened on uh, January sixth, twenty twenty one in Washington, D.C., were a lot of people protesting and then a lot of people using violence and, um, you know, physical threats and looting of the U.S. Capitol building, a federal building in Washington, D.C., when the vice president was inside the building and the entire Congress was inside the building. I mean, let's talk about police response to peaceful protests versus what we saw. Well, I've never seen it like it. You know, it sounds like seems to be a myth. I don't want to just fall back into, the, into ideological theory and uh, the usual presidents, most cops and most cops, and the, 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 who's the, who's the uh, at the moment, who are the robbers and the, who are the bank robbers and who are the cops and so on. Sometimes it's hard to know without a picture. But look, we talk about that event that Wednesday. 
for Trump, President of the United States makes his statement that there's a bunch of pillars, unlike all the other gatherings, which Brian Lance came from the left, and we go to talk about a gathering of pro Trump people who are having a gathering and protest against what's going on or something. Isn't that right? And there's going to be a gathering in the Ellipse in Washington, D.C. The first you kind of hear and heard about it, isn't it? Well, the first you heard about, there would be a couple hundred people there, but it was packed with thousands of people there. Apparently, how did they get word to come down there to the ellipse uh, from all from, from all over, all around the East Coast, from all over the country that came in? Now, no one imagined there'd be so many people there at this pro-Trump rally. And there's the man himself, Donald Trump, making a speech. Did you hear his speech or did you read it? I, I heard I, I heard parts of it. The yeah. important part was where he says uh, he's there, he's speaking to them all. Where they all came from, I don't know. There was some sort of way to tell them, come on down, come on down. It was, it was a bit much bigger than they expected. And then he said that, oh, that's in the speech where he said something about we're going to take this to the Capitol. I'm going to go with you, he said, even though he did. And these people that then as if by magic, this whole crowd of people started marching down towards the Capitol, led by who? Who they led by? Well, not. Who they led by? Not. They were led by the Proud Boys. Mm. The Proud Boys. This gang of the Nerdwells, who uh, Nerdwell Republican delinquents uh, from the from the from the great Northwest, They're from Seattle, Portland. They love to come to Portland. And this is how I knew them. They come to Portland, and then they would get down and, and, and you know, march into the Anarcho neighborhood. They would make, make, uh, made up like, uh, people that look like young hippies wearing patchy clothes. And they uh, they come down there, and fights would break out, scuffles would break out. And that was the first time I heard the Proud Boys. They would come down and get, get, uh, uh, get down with the anarchists in Portland. And now I hear about the Pellet Boys again. Somehow they get to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, I've heard that the various mysterious people, unknown people, paid their tickets to bring them to D.C. where they could lead a lot of these right wing marches, where they could do their thing, where they could be the Pellet Boys, and then they would then marching down, that, down the street towards the Capitol, leading the. Uh, the pro-Trump. Now they're pro-Trump. They're patriots, but they're called, they're up there to cause damage and wreckage, and and uh, he's chilling with them. That's where it turned out what seemed to be they were going for, much well planned and hasn't come out yet, for a coup d'état led by Donald Trump, who became desperate when to his surprise he did not win at the election of 2018. He thought he was going to win. And since he did, he thought, sure, he's going to be. You, you, a president has to be a real disaster. Not usually to win two terms. You know, how many presidents? Only one term presidents. The worst. The, 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 the worst. Uh, one term president. And here he was suddenly facing the fact that he was a one term president. Something he never thought he'd happen. And it seemed, it seemed to have dragged him off the rails a bit. <laughs> he was claiming to 
claiming that the election was stolen, that it was rigged, that they're never going to get it, and so on, you know? Right. He's been a, a sore loser the whole time. He was, well, you know. Did he and believe it or did he believe it or Did he actually believe when he's so deluded? He believes that, he was, that it was true that it was stolen? Because the longer he kept coming out with that, yeah. the longer he kept saying that, the less likely it became, the more... The more obvious it was that this was a, that this was a uh, honest, safe uh, election, in some sense, from the, one of the best one in decades. And he still insisted it got he got stolen from him. Right. And I think it drove him mad. But, but somehow at the same time, this whole group. Now this is one of the mysteries. Where did they all come from? This whole group of pro-Trumpian people who then marched down the street, led by the Proud Boys. And not only up the steps in the Capitol, into the Capitol itself. Right. Icing and clearing and, and uh, looking like, uh, now we still don't know what they're, there's still rumors flying what they were supposed to do, how well this was organized. And hey, the people out there that uh, radio may pay attention, it's going to say a lot of this will come out. You have to learn between the read the lines. I say reading between the lines of the New York Times. That's right, Dave. That's how I started doing the show with you, is coming in and you and I would read between the lines of the New York Times. That was our opening segment. That's right. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I mean, there's so much really there. You know, I think even in this past, in the past week, so it's now been, you know, a week and a half, um, uh, so many more stories and videos have come out that have shown um, horrendous violence. Uh, also, people, you know, breaking into various parts of the Capitol building, um, talking to each other through the window, talking about the floor plans as if they had planned to break into the Capitol, um, telling people from outside, where, telling people inside where, uh, what, how to get to, around to another office. You know, like, there, there was a lot of, a lot deeper... Uh, of an intent, I think, than um, just a spontaneous angry mob. Uh, it seems well, for a well, well right. that's a it could a lot of will come out mm -hmm. uh, because I could see being a reader between the lines. Yeah, I could see certain things happening which could have not have happened because that was a, right. unless planning was done. Now, it would be interesting to see if Trump was in any communications with anybody who was on the march. Mm. Whether Trump was talking to people, you know, on the march. It seems like it was, it was as, you said, as you pointed out, it was far more well, well organized than it been admitted up to now. Some things are coming out. And it was interesting to see whether Trump was in the was in touch with any of the leaders of this march that standing there in the ellipse and might step right into the Capitol. Whether there was any communication, I don't know if there's that, but at the same time, I don't think they were very necessary. It had to be. It was kind of simple what to do. The people who are, who is, who's, who organize this could do a lot of this without having to bring the Trump in micromanaging. So he was micromanaging it would have been a pretty much of a disaster, as you know. <laughs> Good point, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really manage anything very well. 
Um, one of the that's things. It, that's it. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, my back is really hurting. Oh, Dave, oh. I'm sorry. Do you, if you do, you have to go. Yeah, I believe I'm, I'm people out there. If you haven't seen me, I just want to let you know. I'm kind of laid up. It's not as great as it was. But anyway, slow down. Is that the word? It's on by a serious back, uh, which I think comes with aging process. Which happens for me to walk around. I have to walk around. Not admit it, unless you see me, you won't know. I have to walk around preaching a walker. Can you believe it? Leaving on a walker. When I do go out, which is very, very rarely, actually I'm sheltering in place. Probably a lot of you are too out there and uh, out there at Disneyland. It's a bell, it's a bell, and uh, right at home. And then I guess I got nothing else to do. So we better, uh, I, I say it's time to begin to uh, radio skills, uh, communication skills, ways we can communicate without, with, uh, with one another. Without necessarily have to have any gathering magic loops, you know. Well, D Dave, I know that you like to stay connected with folks, and obviously we're all separated for the the larger pandemic reasons. And I know it's hard harder for you to get around. Do you want to give people your phone number so they can give you a call and say hi? Yeah, well, yeah let's see. It'll be interesting. And I want to say to people, you have to walk over to something new phone, or I'm old. I haven't memorized it. I have to walk over to my wall where I have it written. And I won't. Okay, 415 658 1110. 415 658 1110. And I want to say, as I, I used to remember, you got any questions? I might have some answers. Do you have any answers? I might have some questions. <laughs> So do what? I'll sign up for this now. You know this. You know this. So cast a wide net. Find that common thread. Let life flourish. And then. Don't panic. Don't panic. Just keep, keep it what? Keep it organic. Keep it organic. And then sign up to And then I say. It all sums up, learn to love. Love to learn. This never, never ends. ends. Well, thank you, Dave. Right, thank, thank you, thank you Dave. Much. Talk to me. Talk to me next week. And let's see, maybe we can uh, resurrect. I wondered about it. I thought about it. Maybe we can resurrect because people now more than ever need an independent voice somewhere. When is the independent voice? Mutiny Radio. It's true. So next weekend is actually the, oh, actually today is the third Saturday. Excuse me, this is a long month. Usually the third Saturday is E.K. Keats Poetry um, uh, featuring uh, featured show showcase. Um, that's why we're here on the podcast archive called Open Pages. This is actually E.K.'s um, joint right now. Um, oh, yeah. And D Dave, I if, if, Dave, if I if you're good for like one more minute, I actually have a question. I'd, it's kind of timely. I'd like to, to put out to you because you, you've um, you were actually at the March on Washington when Martin Luther 15, King. 
Martin Luther King gave his I, I gave I have a dream speech. And it's it this weekend is Martin Luther King weekend. I just wanted to know if you could kind of reflect on um on that experience and and what you what you recall from that. So we went over, we did two, three days in Minnesota, Minneapolis is where I live. And the, the, the Bohemian and uh, students, uh, graduate students, radicals and so on, University of Minnesota, we took a couple cars. And when we rode in, someone we knew it would be important. We rode into Washington, D.C. And what I remember, what I remember many, much of it, I'd never seen so many black black people in a group. I mean, a thousand times over. They look, I mean, small groups of white folks. Most of them look like graduate students, um, white folks, in the, and uh, small little groups. I mean, a handful of people, and this immense sea of black people there in front of the in front of the Lincoln Memorial. And there I was, really good people, and I can remember to this day the sound of the Reverend King's voice, uh, the Reverend King's voice. Uh, and it was just, uh, I can remember getting out of the gate on my mind. I'm there now, but I'm there here at the same time as home. So this is unexpected. Thanks for calling. I was wondering how we celebrate, because that was an hysterical milestone, of course. It was a big hysterical monument. It, it was, in a way, it was the beginning of one, the end of one, one road to, uh, and uh, the beginning of another, 1963. There in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Yes, indeed, there I was. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Diamond Dave. Um, love you. And uh, I'm glad to hear your voice. And as always, to, 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 to talk some too. hipstery with you. Um, and, you know, we, we were there at the start of when it was, uh, it was still Pirate Cat Radio, you know? That's right. That's right. Going back to the early days. <laughs> Do you do you remember Do you remember what they used to say on on the on the station breaker for Pirate Cat Radio? Remind me. Fuck yeah, we care. <laughs> It'd say fuck yeah, we care. Pirate Cat Radio. Oh yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> well, fuck yeah, we care. That's still a philosophy that works. Yeah, why not? And this it's is free called, speech radio. Fuck yeah, <laughs> we care. All right, Dave. Always good to talk to Diamond Dave. How how lucky are we that we have uh, such a a hip historian? Uh, he likes to call it hipstery, um, a hip historian in our wake um, who's been. He's been around, folks. Um, so yeah, give Dave a call. He'd love to hear from you if you know if you feel like you want to give him a call. And uh, that's uh, that's Diamond Dave for you. So his number again is four one five six five eight one 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 zero. So I, I've got a couple more p folks probably calling in pretty soon. So I'm gonna read. I'm gonna play some music and then we're going to get into poetry because we had a, a big week for poetry here in San Francisco. Our, our new, uh, a new poet laureate was named. Tongo Eisen Martin has been named the eighth poet laureate of San Francisco and the, the, the big public announcement was just yesterday. So 
Uh, we're going to celebrate that because Tongo is amazing. I also want to, we're also going to celebrate Kim Shuck, who's the, uh, who's been the poet laureate for the past three or more years um, and has worked her poet, poetic butt off um, on behalf of the community. And I know that Tongo is going to do, uh, do the same. So let me play a little music. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about that. It's the new record. 
Holy hobo, not one to roll Push me from the nest when I needed to get on Kept me on the right road as a brother's soul on the journey Went through the suffrage and suffered Depressed the depression and riveted the rivets with Rosie You read and recited the rights of revolution The evolution is the great thing Upon this soldier, my solution and conclusion Is to get up on the mic and just use it Be the project, a manifest, a caressa Of the suggestion you gave me Nurtured me further, me took me That was some music from Pamela Parker called The Power of Now. And that is from a, it's a title track on a 2011 album that was produced by our friend Mona Lisa Wallace, um, now being the National Organization for Women. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, they, as we talk about the um, change of president and all of the horrendous um, things that have happened, especially in the past couple weeks, but past couple months, past couple years, four years, five years of listening to Donald Trump every single fucking day. Whew, it's exhausting. Um, but the the women's uh, movement really, you know, ra- ramped up um, in response to him becoming president. And, um, you know, th- it's been an ongoing battle to, like, deal with him being in our faces all the time because he's such a rat uh on the phone i think i've got ek keith let me let me open up that phone line hold on Bear in mind that all of this was just 
All right. Hey, EK, Keith is on the line. Hi, EK. Hey, Global Val. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> nice to be here, down here at Mutiny <laughs> Radio for Open Pages, which is your show. And I just realized as I looked on the calendar uh, that actually this is the third Saturday. Usually you're doing the third Saturday. I had it in my mind it was second Saturday. So, and no, you, usually, usually I do, but I think this worked out just perfectly. Well, that's good. I always appreciate your positive optimism um, <laughs> and uh, community spirit. Thanks for sharing. Um, so, EK, we had, so people out there may be listening. Most, a lot of them probably already know us, but if they don't, uh, you and I coordinate, and you longer than I have, um, Poems Under the Dome at City Hall every April to celebrate National Poetry Month. Um, and we try to get around town and make sure that different communities are represented and can come down. And uh, we have this giant open mic inside City Hall um, where we just basically mostly just draw names from a hat and uh, everybody gets to read a poem until we run out of time. So you and I are in the circuit of poetry uh, in this in this city, and uh, this week our city got a new poet laureate, Tonga Weissen Martin. Yay! I know. I heard the news. I was like, you know, it's it's good to have just a little bit of good news. You know? <laughs> yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, yeah, I was so pleased that I think I think Tongo is, you know, just a really good poet, and he's an awesome open mic host, and he's a teacher, and yeah, I think he's going to be a really good poet laureate for our city. We just had Tim Shuck, who had a quite extended poet laureate sit since, uh, you know, obvi- the obvious happened, and um, so he's been really great. And now we get Tongo. It's like super awesome. Like I, I feel really happy to know people like this, and um, that I get to to hear their work and that the caliber of their work and their community spirit is is celebrated with the poet laureate. And I think Tongo is going to be awesome. And I I can't wait to. You know, see how, you know, he, he gets us all even more excited about poetry. So, yeah, I think it's super cool. I was glad for good news. Absolutely. Great point. You know, we rarely get any good news, and yet, and then we get this one, which is right here, and there's, like, nothing bad to this. <laughs> that's amazing, right? <laughs> It's amazing. It's just good news. It's just, it's just good news. And and like you said. And I feel like. Go ahead. A, go ahead. No, go ahead, EK. Oh, I said, I feel like as a poet, I would be well represented by Tongo as my poet laureate. Mm. Well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's he's been doing the good work uh, of as a poet for a long time and as an educator and, you know, pushing, um, it, it, uh, walking the walk and not just talking the talk of justice, 
you know, he's, he's taught um, classes um, in prisons. Um, he spent some yep. time at Rikers Island uh, working with incarcerated people there. You know, I mean, he, he his, his voice and his presence and his determination is something that I, you know, th that I think is, is really important voice um, person to have that position right now because poetry is so powerful and it really has the power to change minds, hearts, souls, perceptions, um, and it's and it's a way to to raise voices um, in these very beautiful ways, but that touch people very deeply. And I th I think we all need a little soul soothing right now. And and by that I also mean like the cold hard truth <laughs> of of reality in in order to in order to get you know to figure out ways to heal from so much of the pain in in you know, in our culture and in our, in our country. Um, and, and Tongo, I think is really going to use his platform. Well, uh, I, I really appreciate how Kim Shuck used her platform as poet laureate to raise, um, issues about indigenous justice, uh, about the, um, yeah. murdered and missing indigenous women of the Americas. Uh, every time that she got an opportunity to be, interviewed like on the radio or something like that she was always bringing that up and and really you know it's this is not a it's not an, e an ego job this is this is a um a, a way for you know things for someone to be able to speak out about from a very heartfelt and very um beautiful platform it's it's really a unique position and um i know that tongo is going to use his time as poet laureate to do a lot of great work and and really um, you know do things in in communities that don't always get the attention that they should uh, yep in in various ways so um, I'm excited Tango is going to be great and I'm yeah really happy about it yeah it's going to be it's going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> let's hope we can all get out of the house one of these days um, but thanks for calling in. And I, I imagine you have a couple poems. I know you have like a thousand. Well, I have one. Okay. I, you know, I do have a thousand, but I have one that's kind of ready to read. Um, I've been, oh, I started, you know, I, some ninth graders asked me for a poetry club, so I started one for them. And so, you know, it's all distance learning. So it's all, you know, on the internet and everything. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to meeting these young people in person, a mm -hmm. lot of them. But this is, um, this is something I, I wrote. We, we get together and we, we sit with our lunches and we, we have a chat for a couple of minutes. And then we set a timer and we write. And then we read to each other. It's really cool. Um, and this is something that I wrote with my poetry club that we the kids well I guess really the kids started it they asked for it I'm just like sure I'll open a virtual room for you no problem so um, I've been thinking about current events quite a lot it's been um, inescapable and this is called reading the news this onion whose layers keep expanding 
every layer makes me cry as I cut into them. If only the news were as easy to digest as onion, fine diced, dry sauteed with garlic, greens, salt, and turmeric. And that's it. Just a little short piece for everybody. A little metaphor. <laughs> that was nice, EK. Actually, it was one of the short ones. Do you do you want to read it again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes me think of Dan Brady and when he reads haikus. <laughs> um, okay. Reading the news. This onion whose layers keep expanding. Every layer makes me cry as I cut into them. If only the news were as easy to digest as onion, fine diced, dry sauteed with garlic, greens, salt, and turmeric. Thank you for reading that a second time. Because, um, <laughs> you know, it's like when, somebody, when, when a poem starts, you're never sure where it's going to go and when it's going to end. And so that one, when it ended, I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> tell me more. No, so I really like that piece. I like that metaphor. You know, the, the fact that we are kind of, you know, we, we even use the term to digest information or digest the news, you know, the, and, yep. and we've been under such stress <laughs> because of the news, yeah. not just very recently, but for quite some time. And, you know, stress affects the body in ways that we can't, yep. you know, explain or, you know, always understand. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that are just like flashing in front of us all the time is really hard to digest and it's really hard to swallow. Right. Um, for, to yep. use another idiom. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I, I would like there to be a way that you could just like dice up the news cook it down and have it fucking simmer sim simmer you know and like mellow out and have Put in some spice yeah and 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 just have it be palatable um yeah because we we need nourishment more than we need any of that other uh you know mess um so i i appreciate that that piece, EK. Thank you for that. Thank you, Val. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to to call in and read a poem and participate. <laughs> yeah, badass. You're calling into your own show. <laughs> I know. Who like it? It. I feel very somehow like really lucky and I don't know. <laughs> just phone it in, right? Just just phone it in. I know I, d I did this show live. Well, I'm still doing it, but not, you know, uh, back doing it now. But, you know, doing this show live every week, two times a week, two, two shows a week, usually, um, Women's Magazine and then the Common Thread Collective. And then um, then I got invited to call into somebody else's show once. And I was just at home sitting on my bed on the phone talking. I'm like, wow, this is a lot easier. <laughs> it's pretty posh. Yeah, it's different. Uh, so, 
yeah, I'm glad you get that, enjoy that, and it's a it's a foggy night out there, so glad you're staying warm and, and yeah, home. Yeah, it's pretty cold. Yeah, so. Thanks, thanks for braving the weather, Val, and making it all happen. For sure. Well, all it took was uh, a, an afternoon nap, and, uh, and then I was ready to roll. Um, but I'm glad you're doing. That is an amazing thing. <sighs> I wish I could have one every day. Um, but I, I, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're doing the poetry club with the ninth graders who have asked you specifically to start a poetry club. That's exciting for the youth, uh, to be doing that and for the, the trust that they place in you, um, in facilitating that and making them feel comfortable and, and, and safe, uh, to express themselves and explore different ways of expressing themselves. So, um, thanks for being an amazing teacher librarian. And um, and a good you, and a good friend here and a, and a mutiny radio DJ. <laughs> Thanks, Val. You're pretty awesome yourself. We're, well, thank you very much. Um, actually, maybe while you're still on the line, because it's more fun to read poetry with other people around. Um, I'm going to read a poem oh, yeah, of mine that um, was published by our outgoing poet laureate which i believe they call her the, the poet laureate emeritus um after serving like you never like are not the laureate but you're he's just not the current laureate kim shuck um put together this series while she was laureate called the city is already speaking and so she it's the sound of san francisco and she published me in volume four and so uh I think that the theme is, is the city. Um, so this is one that I wrote uh, within the past year um, called Under the Rainy Freeway. Thunder claps and rain falls through the slats and over the walls of a freeway roadbed. One hell of a birdbath can't seem to detach my mind from the underground. Below the street, I want to dig up Mission Creek to free the soil and streams below the concrete. I don't care if I have to ditch this car for a canoe, this job for a fishing rod, these edifices to live with all the sacrifices of nature, of clean water on the shore, of shelters that may only get swept away by a storm instead of the norm of thuggish policy, a, th a sanctified ignorance of humanity. It's flipping the page. Let me trade my fish for nothing, my nothing for fish, for fish, freedom, my freedom for nothing, my nothing for you, my farmer, my neighbor, my friend, not my competition, not on the street which is named division. I want it to be a line to unite, not some unsightly overpass making it too easy to pass over the misery that imperialist capitalist psychology has brought to pass as a planned promise that it has not made good on, a reality that would otherwise be no less unknowable. Uh, we got All right, Val. We I'll, got help you, I'll help you dig up Mission Greek. Nice. We got to unite. <laughs> And live in a healthier way. <laughs> and that's going to take some poetry and some good news. So, uh, that's great. <laughs> thanks so much for calling in, EK. Enjoy the rest of your evening. 
And uh, I guess we'll see you back here at Mutiny Radio sometime soon. I don't know if you have any dates planned, but uh, we can let people know uh, when when you do. All right. We will. Thanks, Val. Thanks, EK. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, it's certainly nice to be here. Um, so I wanted to, if you hadn't um, seen the full announcement of Tongo, uh, I wanted to play that for you. It was actually, they did a, Mayor London Bree did a live Facebook stream yesterday um, in conjunction with the San Francisco Public Library uh, to announce Tongo as laureate. Um, they all had some kind words to say about him, and then he, he speaks for himself. Um, and so I wanted to, to make that available here. So get your popcorn and uh, kick back for a few minutes here. And we are super excited about your announcement today. With that, I'll invite you to get us started. Maybe I was premature on that. So, oh, there she is. <laughs> Madam Did Mayor, start? welcome. Did we start already? <laughs> I was just uh, welcoming you and, and thanking you for honoring us with your presence and your leadership. We're super excited about your announcement today. And with that, I'll invite you to get us started. All right. Well, um, thank you, Michael. Really appreciate that. And good morning, everyone. I'm really um, excited to share some incredible news. As you may know, before I was mayor and even before I was on the Board of Supervisors, I served as the executive director of the African American Art and Culture Complex in the Western Edition. I saw how deeply important arts are and in creating a vibrant and diverse community. Believe it or not, I used to sing in a choir, I used to dance, I used to perform, but I wasn't really the best at it. However, the arts connects us to one another and it bridges the gaps between our cultures by helping us understand each other. They are how we express ourselves during our brightest and happiest moments and sometimes some of our darkest ones. For people of all ages, arts and culture can help us navigate a world that can be confusing and strange. They can also provide opportunity, not only for jobs and income, but for people who are in underserved communities to find their voices and to make sure that they are heard. That includes the role of our city's poet laureate. Since Lauren Ferenghetti was made our first poet laureate in 1998, this prestigious honor has showcased San Francisco's finest poets from many diverse backgrounds. Their work as poet laureates has reminded us of what it means to be a San Franciscan. It reminds us, reminds us of our strength and our diversity, especially during these unprecedented times. It calls our attention to our most pressing issues and inspires us to care for each other and to work to create a more equitable and just society. It inspires young people to search for their voice in a way that may not that may not have that they may not have thought was possible before and opens doors of opportunity for them to pursue their dreams. 
That is why I'm so excited today to announce our eighth Poet Laureate. Before we get to the big announcement, I would like to thank and recognize our outgoing Poet Laureate, Kim Shuck, for her incredible service to our city. Kim has represented our city beautifully through her work and has given her time over the past few years to serve our community. Whether teaching at our local colleges, university, and public schools, or helping the library launch its first ever American Indian Initiative, Kim, on behalf of the city and county of San Francisco, thank you for your service, and we would be honored if you close out your tenure with one last reading as Poet Laureate. Thank you, Mayor Breed. Um, where's the pointer? Um, I do have a poem. It's called San Francisco as a New Poet Laureate. Pick any street corner, any bench, any stoop, any fourth star in this city or over it. Sit quietly, you'll hear the water of time. Keys rattling, heart and innovation, Ramatush wonderings, war and colonization and patience and the mint that only grows on the south side of that mountain right there. You'll hear the poetry of place, popsicle sticks scratching on the curb, clap songs and jump rope songs and chess moves and love curses. Every night in some back room, QR Hand reads the future and the past in autopsied words, the Babar poems, Bob Kaufman's guerrilla words shouted at unsuspecting somewhere in North Beach. The skyline mutters poems that have been and poems to come. And if you stand in the Cafe La Bohème's door for too long, you might hear Alfonsito yelling what we will choose to call in this moment a poem. Old wives' tales still hover faint along Valencia. You can listen to the purring of various fogs as they pad over Eureka and Noe Peaks. Molo's paintings comment quietly on every new show in Kerouac Alley. And if your hearing is very, very good, Ambrose's dictionary runs on a loop in a certain bar on a certain bar stool and the faint laughter from one of Sam's jokes will still grind Brett's teeth. Prayers for plague victims in more languages than you can count mumble down Grant and twine with the poems of the Unbound Feet Three. There are songs of burying and unburying to be found all over the Richmond. Every corner, every bench, every headstone under the sanded ocean beach. Mary and Carol Lee and Paula talk stories in classrooms at state, at tables in cafes that have turned to bars. John's words rattle justice through the rusting bars of Alcatraz, and the voices of those taken in Captain Jack's war have made them into their own songs, too. There is an eighth poet laureate of San Francisco, and with the title comes more wealth in words than in all of the great libraries that have ever been. And I'd just like to add, you will hear a lot about honor, and you will hear a lot about responsibility. There are a couple of tricky things um, one of them is that people will steal your pens. I've had some pens printed up. I'm not going to say right now what they say. And I don't think that they'll prevent your pens from being stolen, but they will um, raise the value of their resale on eBay. And I'm going to share with you just very briefly what Dr. Jose Cuellar said to me a couple of days after I was named the seventh poet laureate. He said that everything you've done up until this point got you here and none of that matters now. What will matter now is what comes next. 
have a great time. Don't forget to have a great time. And you do know where my kitchen table is when you want to hide. Take care. Thank you so much, Kim, uh, for that amazing poem. And thank you for representing San Francisco so well over the past few years. We look forward to seeing what comes next for you. Now, it is my great honor to announce our eighth Poet Laureate. I've had the privilege of knowing this individual for many years as he worked and volunteered at the African-American Art and Culture Complex. He has mentored many young men and women who came through our doors and taught them how to find their own voice and how to make themselves heard. His poems are just one of the many ways he fights for racial justice, equity, and human rights. He has shown our community what it means to be a successful poet as a black man from San Francisco. We are incredibly proud of the work he has done so far especially his commitment to inspiring black men and boys and providing support for young people in our community. He will continue the work that our ancestors did as they fought for their own voices to be heard. I am beyond excited to see what he accomplishes as the San Francisco's eighth poet laureate. It is now my pleasure to introduce the next poet laureate for the city and county of San Francisco Tongo Eisen Martin. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor, uh, for this uh, incredible, uh, incredible honor. Uh, I, I prepared some words that I that I hope I make it through. Uh, I'm, I'm already feel tears. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you have the floor, Tongo. It's so great to have you. And, and thank you for uh, just really all the magic that you've created over the years in people's lives. And as I said earlier, um, you know, when we worked together at the African American Art and Culture Complex, um, at the time, you remember there was a lot of challenges, especially with our boys. Uh, and we had, unfortunately, a lot of violence in the community. And just seeing you as this um, literary figure uh, and, and, and inspiring these young people to uh, look at other ways besides, um, you know, being out in the streets and, and doing stuff that was happening then, focusing on, you know, how poetry, how music is poetry and, and how they can really shift their voices um, to tell their own stories. And, and you brought that to their lives. And, and I know they continue to carry it with them today. And so you've been an inspiration for so many years. Uh, directed at so many generations of people, and I'm so grateful uh, that you've accepted this honor. And so now I want to turn the floor over to you um, so that people can know who you are. If they don't know, now they know. <laughs> and we're looking forward to the work that we know you're going to do to make San Francisco proud. So the floor is yours, Tongo. Thank you. Uh, thank you very, very much. Um, incredibly uh, humbled and, and, and honored. Um, also, a, a, a deep appreciation uh, to the selection committee. Um, I want to send love to my, my mother and brother, uh, as I'm only uh, an extension uh, of their love, imagination, and revolutionary commitment. Uh, love to my two uh, powerful sisters in the whirlwind uh, that has nothing on us. Love to my family. Uh, 
uh, both blood and lava. Love to my father and uh, the rest of, of a village that is uh, not here in a physical sense. Uh, I, I would also like to thank Kim Shuck for being a leader of poets and uh, a beautiful force of the people, a poet uh, of any station is secondary to the people. Uh, a poet of any use uh, belongs to the energy and consciousness of the people. One of art's most important incarnation is as an expression of mass resistance, but, but really what art teaches us uh, with its uh, indomitable energy, the indomitable energy of a line by Audre Lorde, the indomitable uh, energy of a Coltrane idea is evidence that it is oppressors themselves who are in the position of resistance. Bigger than any imperialist hegemony is a hegemony of natural, cosmically reflected liberation. The power is ours, uh, and, and it is our oppressors, therefore, who are just resisting us, resisting humanity, uh, <laughs> resisting us pretty well, <laughs> but resisting our rights to determine our reality, uh, resisting a coming epoch of liberation. Mass participation in art is what has always perpetually created a San Francisco futurism. San Francisco has legends too, too fearless uh, for me to count myself as one of them. But I am from this uh, legendary collection of thousands and thousands of participants in revolutionary uh, history and culture. And I'm proud to be one of the anonymous thousands in San Francisco who have uh, rode these buses all night, <laughs> who was uh, raised in Marcus Bookstore, who wants justice for Mario Woods and Alex Nieto, who wants freedom for Russell Maroon Schultz. What the people here taught me is that unity is the only thing. And taught me that uh, individualism as it is practiced, codified, romanticized in this society is not really about your personal adventure through life, but really at its core, unfortunately, individualism is about practicing a selective humanization. Other people are only human beings when it suits individual interests, a civilianism of sorts that is deeply connected to slavery both what the society evolved from and tends to evolve into a process that addicts you to power structures and alienates you or alienates us from ourselves. At no point can we find the dehumanization of other people, the deanimation of people acceptable, uh, let alone necessary for an individual journey. So as much as, much as I would love to uh, assign the rest of my days to an individual adventure, uh, that, that time is over. History is heightening, showing us more and more every day that, that we are part of a, a people uh, and a people beyond systemic prescriptions. Um, and, and we need the entire palette of protected human rights and nurtured human curiosity. The, the madness we see today 
That shouldn't be surprising. These uh, apartheid nativity scenes come home to roost. The neo-Confederate position to save a, a capitalism in crisis. We, we always knew what was mixed in with the parole papers and environmental racism with program deliverables and bourgeois pacifism. Uh, we are in a time of significant enough epochal shift but it will be uh, one abyss wearing off and another abyss opening its arms if we don't enter the historical process more critically. Where do we go from here? Uh, what is our revolutionary praxis? Fortunately, or conveniently, <laughs> I can submit that, uh, that it begins with cultural work, uh, a cultural work that transforms the way uh, we relate to each other transforms the way we relate to the earth uh, to a way that is conducive to liberation. A poet of any use belongs to the energy and consciousness of the people and respecting that spirit. My only aim as San Francisco Poet Laureate is to join with that energy, join with that consciousness in order to create vehicles of unity. Uh, events, workshops, readings, publications, these are all just vehicles of unity. And I will, uh, I, I will never tire <laughs> in building as many as, as the city uh, can handle. So <laughs> meet me at the library. <laughs> and, if you, and, and if you can't make it, uh, I will for sure meet you wherever uh, you are. Uh, let me uh, now say rest in power to QR Han Jr. and uh, Diane DePrima. And uh, I'll conclude with this poem uh, titled Faceless. Uh, a tour guide, through your robbery, he also is. Cigarette saying, look what I did about your silence. Ransom water and box spring gold this decade is only for accent grooming, I guess. Ransom water and box spring gold, the corner store must dot war gangs, I guess, all these tongues from this junk. You know, the start of mass destruction begins and ends in restaurant bathrooms that some people use and other people clean. Are you telling me there's a rag in the sky waiting for you? Yes, we've written a scene, we set a stage, you know, we should have fit in. Uh, warehouse jobs are for communists, but now more corridor and hallway have walked into our lives. Now the whistling is less playful and the barbed wire overcrowded too, my dear. If it is not a city, it is a prison. If it has a prison, it is a prison, not a city. When a courtyard talks on behalf of military issue, all walks take place outside of the body. Dear life to your left. A medieval painting to your right, and yeah, this really makes an impression. Crop people living in thin air, you have five minutes to learn how to see through this breeze. When a mask goes sideways, barbed wire becomes the floor, barbed wire becomes the roof, 40 feet into the sky becomes out of bounds. When a mask breaks in half, mind which way the eyes go. Did you know they killed the world for the sake of giving everyone the same backstory? We're watching Gary, Indiana fight itself into the sky, old pennies for when? For that wind feeling you get before the hood goes up and over your headache, pennies that stick together, mocking all aspirations. I mean, stuck together pennies was the first newspaper I ever read, along with the storefront dwelling army that always lets us down, where the Holy Spirit favors the back room. Souls in a situation that offer a hundred ways to remain elusive, 
souls watching a clock, hoping that eyes don't lie to stab people. What, what was we talking about again? The narrator asked the graveyard at 10 minutes flat. Said the graveyard, the funeral only took 10 minutes. I never tell that to anyone again. You just going to pin the 90s on me? All 30 years of them? And why should I know the difference between sleep and satire? The pyramid of corner stores fell on our heads, and we died right away. That building wants to climb up and jump off another building. These are downtown decisions. Somewhere on this planet, it's August 7th, and we running down the rush thinking one more needs to come with me. Man, what evaporated on Earth so that we could be sent back down? Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you all again. Much love. Uh, I, I want to give the whole roll call right now, but <laughs> that's too many. Much love to all my all my family, and uh, thank you again, uh, Madam Mayor. And thank you, thank you, San Francisco, for better for worse. Uh, what you raised, you know. <laughs> thank you so much, Tongo. Well, just so you know, the chat is blowing up. Um, there's so much love and excitement. Um, for uh, what you will bring to San Francisco. And I just wanna thank you so much and thank you uh, for the incredible poem and your inspiration and uh, just everything that you continue to do. And I look forward to what you will accomplish as our city's poet laureate. Um, I, I just can't wait, it's gonna be exciting, especially when we open up. And when you talk about meet me at the library, it's like that's your slogan now. So, <laughs> so, so we're we're gonna we're gonna take it to another level. That's gonna be your slogan. It's like meet me at the library and hitting all the libraries all over San Francisco right. and really that's inviting right. the people in and start, you know, really bringing it back to some of the basics because mm -hmm. you know with, with the way technology is nowadays. Um, you know, sometimes we get away from just picking up a book or picking out a book or looking through an index card. And I, I guess we don't look through index cards to find books anymore, but, and then sitting there and having a reading and having discussions. And so I'm looking forward to what you're going to bring and really excited about that. I really want to thank the people who nominated you. Um, you know, there was a really compelling, uh, you know, letter of support that, you know, went into all the details about your work. You have a lot of fans out there. Um, I want to thank the selection committee, the people who served and who had to go through all of those applications, because I got to tell you, it was a hard decision. And I was so excited that so many people um, in San Francisco, uh, you know, really embraced and support um, poets in, in such an incredible way because there were so many wonderful nominees and um, I'm looking forward to you connecting with all of them as well and and really the outgoing poet laureate Kim Shuck thank you for that poem thank you for your commitment to San Francisco and, and the role that you have played over the years uh, thank you to San Francisco Public Library and the commissioners who are joining us here today and our uh, librarian Michael Lambert um, so many amazing people um, and I think that, you know, based on your comments today, meet me at the library, that's going to be a new part of the campaign um, to really bring people together to inspire uh, and to really, you know, set things off on a whole nother level. Thank you, Tongo, for your work and your commitment. Um, we're so honored that uh, you will be San Francisco's eighth poet laureate. Um, and if there's anything left to say, welcome to have the floor. If not, we could turn it back over to Michael Lambert. I just want to say much love and appreciation. Great. Uh, 
All right, folks, you heard it. That was uh, the Facebook Live from Mayor London Breed's stream yesterday announcing uh, Tongo. Um, of course, uh, Librarian Michael Lambert, San Francisco Public Library, um, and, uh, and uh, our outgoing poet laureate Kim Shuck reading an amazing poem, um, Looking Forward, and also uh, Not Forgetting to Look Back. And uh, you heard the words straight from, straight from Tongo himself, and so you have a sense, if you didn't know him yet, of what, where he's coming from um, and what he's bringing uh, to, the, to the conversation. So I think we should um, keep doing a little more poetry here. We've got about 10 more minutes. And I did want to mention, actually, it was kind of funny during while that was playing, uh, my mom called and um, acting as my agent, uh, she said, you know, you got to tell them that you were part of the selection committee for this year's Poet Laureate. And so, yes, I, I was part of the selection committee for this, uh, for this Poet Laureateship. Um, I was really honored to be asked by Mayor London Breed to be on that committee, um, and I really appreciate uh, being a part of it. I, I wish it could have been uh, not 2020, so we could have met you know, in person much more and, and, and built that community feel around this, but um, certainly so many amazing poets that were nominated um, and uh, uh, and Tongo just stood out every time to everyone. Um, so, so, so pleased that, that Tongo has, has won. And congratulations to everyone else who was nominated. I, I got a poet out here in the, uh, in the studio space. Let me, let me see. Say it again. One more time. That's the one. That's the microphone. All right, this is James Ellis. Go. Congratulations. Go Tongo. He spoke of units of uh, uh, vehicles of unity. Let's look at that. Were there a, a force capable of changing this changeful world for the good? Reversing this concerning descent into madness and negativity. Tell me, with that agent of change, would it be love? Oh, I know heavily burdened word love, so many associations, so many expectations. Running the gambit from dark memory to sheer whimsy. <sighs> Clear all that, shall we? Shall we redefine it? Love is simply intelligence and compassion applied fanatically, then can that drive all action to all other? Let me know. If so, I'd say you're loving your whole world. And is that perfection? It's called Ringing in the New Laureate. Now, thank you, James. I love that poem of yours. So we've just got a couple more minutes here. So I'd, I'd like to read a poem. Uh, <coughs> it's a San Francisco poem. Uh, because, you know, 
Tongo's bringing a real voice to the real things going on in the city. And um, this was something that I noticed and it sparked this poem. I was down at the, I was down in the Tenderloin at the Piano Fight, which much love goes out to Piano Fight, the venue down at 144 Taylor. Um, usually we'd be down there every month for the word party, poetry, and jazz. But, you know, 2020 happened. Here we are in 2021, but this was from, uh, I was standing outside of uh, Piano Fight, I guess, uh, a couple years ago now. A sign across the street reads, San Francisco is not for sale. I remember, but <clears throat> I also beg to differ. It's been open for business and up for grabs, fluttering dreams, riding revenue streams, gold in the hand, even in these steamy streets, seething and ripe, compounded in the mines and in the mines that mill out the mixed use, misused and mystified, and yes, minted in a downtown sand and landfill, living, dying, and flying in the underground. Home is housed in the soles of shoes, in the notes of blues, in the high rise, a light flickering in the fog, walking over lost water. Hard worn since the colonizers crawled out of the ocean, until the buildings grew spines. Yet we are the vines growing over the cliched concrete jungle, breathing off the heat and the breeze. We are the swaying trees with roots, sometimes reluctant, but on the move. I'm Global Val. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. Uh, and uh, I hope, you know, I always send out lots of love and uh, and good energy and and uh, and healing energy out to the world because we really need it and you know don't be afraid to call it to you don't be afraid to want that and know that you need that and 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 take the time to to rest and restore and uh and and do the things that that make you happy even if they're really simple things um it's it's in those little moments of uh of peacefulness that we create uh, those ripples that go out mm -hmm. from us. So I know everyone's under a lot of strain these days. I know that there's a lot of worry um, and, uh, and, and sometimes hard to see through that fog. Um, but, but hold to those moments, those small moments that bring a smile to your face, that let you breathe a little deeper, uh, that satisfy your, your humor, um, bring you warmth, um, inspire you uh, for, from whatever uh, angle the muse approaches. And uh, I know it's hard that we can't all be together in, in person right now, um, but we are still community. We are still connected. Uh, we do have love and respect for one another. And um, as, as, a lot of the messaging of, of the mainstream media news wants to continue to be divisive. Um, just remember that we're all human. We all live on this planet together. We breathe the same air, even if uh, there's certainly uh, an imbalance of uh, like environmental degradation 
um, and, and environmental abuse uh, in our, in our, throughout our society. Um, so we just have to send out love because we know that everybody wants essentially the same thing. Peace in their communities, love in their families, good food.